to It's a Neuro Day. Today, I want to talk to you about support. Are you getting enough support? If you're like most parents, you are not. And the modern day parent is bombarded with this message that we've got to do it all and that we've got to do it all right as if there's a right way to parent. This is a very harmful message. It's insidious. It's everywhere. And I think we absorb it as parents without even really noticing that we're taking it on. So we don't have to do it all on our own. Newsflash. This is countercultural. We don't have to do it all on our own. In fact, this is a very new concept because in ancient times, we would have had a village. And actually, some people still live this way today. I'm broadcasting from the United States where many of us do not live this way. We do not do communal living. We do not share child-rearing responsibilities with a larger community. We really are trying to single-handedly do it ourselves. And this is at a time when the bar is set way higher for parenting than it ever has been. We are supposed to protect our children from any sort of discomfort and harm and make sure they are, of of course, I'm being facetious, I'm joking around here, but we're supposed to make sure they make it to adulthood completely unscathed by any sort of unpleasant experiences. And that is just not at all realistic. So I'm going off on a tangent as I do, but I want to talk to you about support gathering your village. In the last episode, I talked about where's our village, right? So are you good at asking for support? Have you thought of asking for support? A lot of us have not because we think we're supposed to be able to handle all of this on our own. We're supposed to be able to do it. What is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why am I Why am I struggling? So you don't need to struggle. Well, this is real talk, right? So I'm going to be real. You may still struggle even after you get support. But let's try and get you above the red line. Let's try and get you out of daily survival mode. Let's have you feeling like you're not doing it completely on your own. So when you, if you keep a calendar like I do, I need, I need that visual calendar in front of me with all the tasks. Do you have a to-do list? Do you keep a calendar, a visual calendar? It helps if it's the kind of calendar where you can see everything all at once. You don't have to click into buttons to see what each task is. So when you look at your calendar, your to-do list, call back this agency, do this, follow up on that, 
are there things on that list that someone else could help you take on? And this is not something to feel bad about, by the way. I am not chastising you. This is let's get creative. Think about who is in our wider circles and pull in some support for you. Pull in some help where we haven't thought to look for it before. So on your to-do list, are there things on that list that you don't need to do? Anyone could do it. It's just making a phone call or emailing someone or the sometimes very mundane tasks on my list is, um, you know, homework samples, getting these homework samples into the schooling program. So are there things on that list that someone else could help with? And right now, I want you to go to your list and just flag those things. You don't even need to think about who would that person be yet. Just go down your list and flag those items that, am I the parent needing to do these things or could somebody else do these? Could anybody do this if I told them how? So go ahead and flag those items. Next, you're going to think about, and this could be even another day, Maybe today, all you have time for is to flag those items. Tomorrow, let's say, you could sit down or tonight when you have a quiet moment. <laughs> I know I'm being idealistic, imagining you have a quiet moment at bedtime. Ha 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 ha, that is a funny thought, right? You're so funny. A quiet moment at bedtime, I wish. Okay, but whenever you have a moment, take some time to think about who those helpers might be. Do you have extended family who might be able to help out? And I say this knowing that not everyone's family is going to be the best people to help out. Some of us have toxic family situations. Some of us have estranged family situations or strained family situations. I totally understand this. That is just one avenue. Extended family may be able to help out. If not, totally get it. Moving on, um, there are, so beyond friends and, you know, our social network, our social circle, there may be other parents also that are willing to come together, pull together. I've seen parents do these sorts of trades for childcare. Of course, always make sure you're checking in with your gut regarding safety. Is this somebody I trust? A lot of times going over to their house first, making sure the other parent is aware of your child's situation, needs, struggles. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, I'm realizing, because this is a whole bigger issue, making sure your child knows how to call you. So as far as 
practical support and services. So, so far I've talked about kind of in an informal way, gathering people and asking. Now I want to shift gears and talk about more structured, formal services. Have you signed up for these? Do you know about them? And a warning from the top, just from the top of this is, it's a lot of work. Like I said in the last episode, it's actually a lot of work to apply for these services. So pace yourself, just know that going in, know this is going to take some endurance and some grit and I can do this and I can get it done. These supports are there to help you and it's like several hurdles you've got to jump over to get them, but they can help. If you are totally burnt out, I understand if it's not the time to apply to these services, that will be the time to rest. And I'm planning to do another episode soon on what to do when you're actually burnt out. So I'm saying this, if you're listening to this and you know you are someone who is burnt out, save this episode. You can come back to it later. And when you're ready, you can pick this back up and apply to these things. But if you are burnt out, today is not your day. Actually, I would tell you, turn this off and go listen to a meditation app. I think I said I like Insight Timer. I know there's others, right? Headspace. I'm not affiliated with these. I'm just saying these are out there. Even on YouTube, you can find... um, I type in like music for studying. Just go have a relaxing time if you can. So if you are someone who is ready to tackle this today, first of all, bravo. So the practical support services I want to mention is, are you connected with the regional center? Most, uh, well, in California, we've got, I don't even remember now, I want to say somewhere between 18 and 21 or so regional centers. And your child um, can be assessed and if they qualify, can receive a bunch of different services. Now, something I want to tell you is sometimes you really have to ask and ask a few times, what are these services I can get for my child? It's, it's helpful to be specific about the challenges you're having and what you're wanting, what kind of support. But I will tell you that there can be a lot of services out there that are just on the other side of asking and your case manager won't necessarily volunteer this information of all the things that are available to you and your family. Now, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying this has been a lot of people's experiences, I think, is they really have to 
talk to each other and find out what's out there and then go ask for it. Um, it won't be offered up on a platter. I mean, honestly, I wish it was. I wish we could just get a mailer. I don't want mailers. Why did I say that? Uh, somehow a text, something easy. Do you guys see that I'm kind of living in the 1800s? Not that they had mailers in the 1800s. Like, I want a telegram. I want it written in the clouds. What's available? Anyway, come back. Come back, Natanya, to the topic. So, the regional center. If you Google your your city, your town, and the and a regional center, see what comes up. See what services come up. I also want to say that a lot of these services you may not want. So just because the regional center has them or is contracted with them or offers them or refers you to them, it doesn't mean this is something that's good for your family. So this is why I say you really have to have a lot of time to tackle these things. Take it one step at a time. The first step can just be Googling, where's my regional center? How do I get in touch? And just very step one, I'm going to call them and I'm going to say, hey, I'm interested in an assessment if you're not already connected with them. If you are and your child is a client of a regional center, you can call or email your child service coordinator and say, hey, I'm needing more support in these areas. I'd like to know what else is available to me. And then, like I said, look into that service. You may not want it. Not all services are are helpful and enriching to your child. So make sure it's something that you want, even if it's suggested. The next one is uh, respite care. Yay, respite care. Okay, so... No service is like good or bad. They're all like a mixed bag and have human beings involved in them. So, so much depends on who you're working with, who you're, who you get, but let me back up respite care. If you haven't already heard of this is a service that will pay for childcare for you so that you don't have to pay out of pocket. And this is not a service that's like supposed to be there to teach your kid any sort of skills. Although, you know, sometimes there's crossover and those things happen, but that's not the point of respite. Respite exists to give parents like you that are working in overtime overdrive for their kid a very much needed necessary break. Now, I'll tell you, not all parents use this as a break. I know some go around their house and clean. And that's not a judgment because these things need to get done. And maybe there is no other time to do it. I know parents who their kid is requiring so much of them, so much of the day that they really don't have time to catch up on their house or their laundry or take a shower or have a meal or, you know, these basic things. So respite can help in this area. How do I get respite? If you don't already have it, you can contact your service coordinator, your child service coordinator 
at the regional center, the one I had just mentioned, and say, I would like to sign up for respite services. You can also just um, Google directly respite in your area. Now, who is going to be this person with your child while you're having a break? That is actually up to you. You, there's a couple options here. You can find your own person and just like you would find a babysitter, a nanny, um, you know, there's plenty of places. I would say be very conscious about where you're advertising um, because yes, you can put up a flyer and I would just be vague about your child as far as like not disclosing personal information on there. I would just say something general like, I am looking for support for my child. And, um, but okay, before that, before getting to that point where you're putting it out to the larger public, I would start with your circle, your, your close-knit circle, your family, your friends. If you go to, um, if you have a spiritual community, your church, People that are connected to you, I would let them know, I'm looking for some help. I'm looking for some support. And sometimes you'll find somebody right in those closer circles to you. And that can be wonderful because you may already know this person who knew they were looking for um, somebody to support, something to do. Um Sometimes this can be students. I've had a lot of actually wonderful um, later high school, like a high school senior or college students help out and they have been so wonderful because they're playful and I always train them. I should say that too. Give them a lot of information up front. I stick around in like, I have them come for just an hour at a time to get to know my kiddo and our house and how things work and I'm on hand for questions and I'm always listening in the next room um, in the beginning and I really do a lot of gut checks like is this a good fit and if it is eventually they're watching my kiddo on their own you know with all the emergency numbers on the fridge and everything but I get to have some time um, sometimes you can get somebody who's retired and, and wonderful and playful and wants to help out. I also say it's not, at least for me, important for people to have autism experience or training. Um, sometimes I feel it's helpful to just go over our family values and the way we're doing things here um, rather than somebody coming in with a lot of preconceived ideas or training from a program that maybe I don't agree with. That's not what I'm trying to do with my child. So I know I'm being a little bit vague, but I don't want to go off on a total tangent. I kind of just want to give an overview of these services. So we've talked about the regional center asking what supports they have. We've talked about respite care. Now the next one is in-home support services. And if you don't already have this, this one is 
another, it's very similar to respite. The difference is with in-home support services, you can have somebody else coming into your home and helping out and being paid for that time. Or you as the parent caregiver can sign up as that person with in-home support services. So you can sign up, you will be paid. I, I, I laugh a little bit because of course you're caring for your child many hours a week, many, many hours a week. You will get paid for a small fraction of that. Um, for some parents, this is helpful because it's hard for them to work outside the home or even inside the home. And I mean, you know, a more traditional job. Um, it's hard for them to find that time to earn income. And so in-home support services can be a wonderful supplemental um, income. I do believe that service is income-based, meaning you have to earn under a certain amount to qualify for it. But this is another thing that um, your child service coordinator at the regional center can tell you about and assess whether or not you qualify. For all these services, there's going to be reporting, there's going to be uh, reviews where they come to your home. They're going to ask you a lot of questions. There's going to be so many forms to fill out. Oh, so many forms. And a lot of them are going to be repeat forms. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was just like a universal application? At this time that I'm recording this, August 2023, there is not a universal form. Um, so you're probably used to this by now. But if you're new to the game, meaning your child was newly diagnosed or you have a very young child, you may not have the heads up on this that, oh my goodness, you're going to be filling out, oh, low, so many forms. And a lot of them are not going to be, um, or they're going to be repeated forms. And sometimes too, um, they're not going to ask things always in the nicest way. They're going to have you think about your child in, in terms of deficits. So, um, I won't get too much into that, but I'm just trying to give you the heads up and fortify you to have some inner strength and get through those forms so that you can get the support that your family really deserves and needs. Um, so that was a little bit over, over some practical supports. There are other agencies out there. You know, you can Google. My preference would be like developmental um, relationship-based programs and see what's out there in your community. The other area, you know, we just went over a lot of practical supports is emotional support. I am a big proponent of therapy. This podcast, of course, is not a replacement for therapy, although I hope at times it is helpful in that way as an emotional support. But true emotional support may be seeing an actual therapist, someone who is, of course, trained and uh, 
being able to really get that time to talk with someone about everything that's going on and get that very important help. So I highly recommend therapy or a a support group or both, um, a parent support group. A lot of times these um, centers, like the regional center may know about support groups or sometimes there's other agencies that are running support groups specifically for parents of children with high needs. So that can be so helpful to not feel alone. Um, Aside from an official support group, what does your social time look like? Do you have time that you're spending with friends? Do you have time to take that parenting hat off temporarily and enjoy yourself and not think about all the responsibilities that you have on your plate. Some of us don't. Some of us either don't have those that circle of friends or our friends are far away. This might just be a phone call, an email, a text, a FaceTime, um, or a Zoom call to check in and and get that emotional support from our friends. So I do recommend Googling some support in your area, um, maybe support for neurodiverse families. There is so much on Zoom now. You don't have to be um, in that area. You can sometimes just Zoom in and get some really great support from an agency that's not even close to you. There's also online courses. So if you're someone that has a little more time on your hand, I'd say, um, there's really wonderful online courses. One that's coming to mind is um, Neurodiverse Support Specialist. I believe that's her title, Christy Forbes. Um, I'll put her her website in the show notes in the episode. If you go to this episode, um, and the details, click on that, and I will put in a link to her site. But she runs these really great courses. Um, I took one, I believe it was called Neurodiversity 101. Um, but there's other ones on on all kinds of topics, um, very much geared towards parenting neurodiverse, having a neurodiverse family and parenting so I really like her lens, which um, she herself is neurodiverse, and I feel like it's important to get that perspective of someone who is neurodiverse. Um, so that that's another resource. I want to mention one more resource that I really like, which is... Um, this very thin guidebook called Start Here, a guide for parents of autistic kids. Um, this one, it, it does say autistic kids. I think there's some good info in here about neurodiverse kids in general. Um, I should say too that there's very strong opinions in here. Of, it's very much a neurodiverse lens, which 
I don't know, could be off-putting for some people because they have strong opinions about certain behavioral therapies in here. Um, but what I do like about this booklet is, one, it is written and published by um, some of the autistic community. And I do think it's very important to hear what the autistic community has to say about autism therapies. Um, so it's um, published by the own, no, not own, A-W-N, Autistic, mm, why, <laughs> Autistic Network, okay, what does the W stand for? Hmm, okay, I'll have to think on that, but anyway, I'm looking in the back here, it's just a little logo, I'm trying to figure it out, Thinking Person's Guide to Autism, also the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, and Little Lobbyists, so those are the little logos on the back. But um, what I like about this is that it's saying therapies should be for your child and your family therapeutic and to do a gut check about whether or not this feels like something that's right for your family, um, that no one should be telling your child that they are wrong Um for their challenges and struggles or the way that they see the world as in as in the case of autism that they should not be trying to make your child non-autistic they should just be supporting them in the areas where they're having challenges and struggling not making it comfortable for everybody else to be around um, your autistic child so I know I'm getting specific about autism because this booklet addresses autism specifically, but I do think it could be great. Um, it's a, it's a helpful thing to have on hand. And actually I'm just remembering I'm holding the hard copy. You can order a hard copy of that booklet, but it's also online as a free resource. So I will again, put in the episode notes, the link where you can click and read this guide. Um, it may not be for everyone, but I do think it's always helpful to have the neurodiverse perspective, at least one of them, you know, not that there's just one perspective, but you can see several autistic um, agencies have come together to publish this. So I think I do think that's important. Um, this can be helpful for parents, I think, of newly diagnosed kiddos or um, even parents who've been in the game for a while. I think there's something to learn here. So that's one that I like. Um, so we've gone over several resources. I think what I want you to walk away with is the knowing that I don't have to do this on my own. If I'm out here in my rowboat paddling, paddling, rowing by myself, I don't have to row by myself. And I, I would not blame you if you, if your rowboat is taking on water and you're trying to bail it out and you're just got your head down and you're rowing as hard as you can. I get it. I've been there. I relate. 
but you don't have to do it on your own. So let's let's bail out that water. <laughs> let's get your your boat into the boatyard and patch up the holes. Okay, I don't know how far I can go with that metaphor. And I don't know anything about boating. So let's get you some support. Check out your to-do list, your calendar today, just today. Flag those things that, hmm, I wonder if I could get support with this one that anyone could do, anyone could help me with. It's a time suck. And all these little things are a time suck. And if somebody took on just some of these, could my life go a little bit smoother? Could it help me keep keep water out of my rowboat? So that's it for today. I really hope as, you know, as we say goodbye, that you are able to think about those things that you can get support with. You absolutely do deserve support. Your family deserves support. You cannot do this alone. If you have not rested before doing this, I would say go rest first. That might be the only thing today is having a lie down, getting some rest. And then tomorrow, pop up, flag those things on your to-do list. And some of them may not even need to get done. Is that sacrilegious to say? Are there things on your list that don't even need doing? Are there some of those things that we're either doing to keep up appearances or because we've always done them and they're a habit? There might be things on that list that don't need doing at all or don't need doing to the high standard that you're doing it or don't need doing as often or that somebody else can do. So I hope that is helpful today. Next time I do want to get into simplifying our lives and boundaries, maybe clearing out some clutter, both um both tangible clutter and intangible clutter in our lives. So thank you so much for listening and joining me here. I know your time is so valuable. I wish you so much energy, fortitude, grit. If you're, if you're one of those brave parents who's going to tackle some of that contacting the regional center or paperwork today, oh, I wish you so much fortitude to handle some of that paperwork. And hey, that's something somebody might be able to take on. Someone who knows your name and address and your kid's name, a friend might be able to help you out with some of that paperwork or even just sit down and keep you company while you do it. So go forth, parent. You are strong. You are amazing. I, I wish you so much fortitude today to get through your day and not just get through it, but at the end, have a little something left. I will meet you back here at It's a Neuro Day for more support next time.